Hello and welcome to On Landscape. I'm here with Al Simmons from Teamwork, uh, representing Phase One. I think is that right? That yes. is indeed. Yeah. Uh, and you visited yesterday uh, and came to show me around the new Phase One gadgets. Exactly. So, uh, firstly, thanks for having me. No it's, problem at uh, all. A sheer pleasure to be here. Um, yeah. So uh, I reached out and uh, thought you might be interested in testing the uh, IQ4 150. Yes. And between getting in touch and making the trip, there was also the launch of the XT camera. Which is quite exciting. So, uh, yeah, we were, we were fortunate enough to be able to bring, uh, bring the whole system. So the XT uh, with the IQ4 150 uh, and also the uh, IQ4 100 trichromatic. Yeah, well, a little bit of background on yeah. where um, on landscape are with uh, relation to phase one cameras and, and testing. Um, we... A while ago, did a test of various film cameras and various digital cameras, and it was around the time of the IQ280, um, and we tested on a Linhof Technica and also on an Alpa mm -hmm. and a Cambo WRS, which we'll come back to in a, yep. in a little bit. Uh, and we tested them against 10 by 8 and 5 by 4, and, and I think the, the, the conclusion was 4 by 5 and the IQ were close-ish, mm -hmm. depending on what Almost you looked there. at, yeah. but the, the IQ, uh, sorry, the 10 by 8 was, was showing quite a bit of advantage. It's changed a little bit since then mm -hmm. uh, in many, many ways. You will be the authority on this. But. Yeah, well, the um, the big change we saw at the time was just after we tested this, we went out and tried out the IQ250 with a CMOS sensor, mm. which on the Cambo uh, was, we, we looked at it and said, it's probably one of the best point-and-shoot little combinations yeah. we'd come across. Yeah. Uh, and that just gave you fairly instant live mm -hmm. preview, which yeah. is a game changer. Yeah. Quite forgiving uh, depth of field and you know, in the sense Quite size. forgiving, uh, great dynamic range. Mm. Um, and if I remember rightly, the, the lens cast wasn't too bad on it as well. Yeah, that's reasonable. Yeah. Um, since then, we've had an upgrade to the IQ 100. So the IQ 3 100, yeah. yeah. Which... Um, and then there's been a redesign. So if you could talk through the change, well, I'm, I'm interested in the changes from, sure. that, from the 2 series to the 3 series yes. to the 4 yeah. series. That's yeah. probably a good starting point. So um, I think probably starting where we are now. So the IQ4 was announced at the end of last year. Um, and I think it's quite an interesting one and probably the most important thing to get across because it looks like an IQ1, 2 or 3. So I think a lot of people imagined that it was a new sensor um, and and you know and the, and the and the development stopped there. But really, if you go back when you went from the P series to the IQ ones and then IQs twos, IQs threes, um, you probably saw less of a jump than we've seen between the IQ three and IQ four. Okay, you know, the IQ four is complete rebuilt processing system. Um, all of the all of the developments have been you know come from the ground up, um, and what we really have now is a um, a system where at this point. Um, it's very powerful. It took a little bit of uh, you know firmware tweaking to get there. I think when it was first released, there was certainly some um, you know some catching up to do. Um, it, was, it was basically with, a brand new product, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think particularly with tools that people had got used to in the IQ3s, yeah. uh, certain preview tools and what have you, um, there needed to be a few uh, minor upgrades to have those return to the IQ4. But um, I think what's become clear is this is a significant platform change, uh, and it you know now what we have is a very stable platform where we're starting to see the benefits of that, which is uh, feature updates. Yeah. So what we um, saw with the XF camera, which came out a few years ago, you know this kind of open platform which was released on day one that year by year would be improved and new tools would be added into the system. That's what we now have with the IQ4. So you know with the IQ1 
release after the P series. You know, we had improved um, touchscreen, uh, well, the introduction of touchscreen, improved uh, screen preview, um, a lot of you know nice tools and, uh, and in, well improved interaction with what at that time would have been the DF system. Mm. Then with the IQ2s came the introduction of the Wi-Fi module. Yes, so the ability to work remotely with Capture Pilot, which is great. Um, and then with the IQ3s, which really kind of uh, married nicely with the XF system with power sharing. Okay. Um, and again, I mean, a few uh, useful preview tools that were introduced, um, giving certain raw data uh, information. Um, and that really kind of, well, as far as phase one are concerned, kind of pushed that platform as far as it could go. And what they really needed with the IQ4 was, right, let's start again. Let's strip everything down and, uh, and you know, really develop a future forward yeah. platform. And you were saying that the sensor now is pretty much a, a fairly high powered Linux computer that's well, yeah, got so lots they, of power inside it. Exactly, yeah. And I think uh, what they're saying at this point is there's about you know, 5% of the potential of that, that system being harnessed. Um, so really where it's going to grow in, you know, two, three, four, five, six years time yeah. is going to be quite interesting to, to see. And um, one, one of the interesting things that's been mentioned and, and, and perhaps not um, utilised in the sense yet is this idea of Capture One inside. Sure. Um, and Capture One is obviously a, a code base that can be put on Linux. Yep. Um, and, and having all that power inside in terms of colour, uh, previews, tools, etc., mm-hmm. means you've now got a, a, a platform that can grow in parallel with it. Yeah. As they add things to Capture One or use bits of Capture One, they can put it in the sensor as well. Yeah, exactly. So um, I think with the launch of the IQ4, there was a, there was the Capture One inside as well as the Infinity platform, which were you know, nice, neat marketing terms. Yes. Um, but really, when you shut them down, so the Infinity platform is essentially this power to develop and grow and um, and, and bring new features and tools in. And the Capture One inside, I think, is it's very much at the heart of that. I think what we'll see uh, ultimately as phase one's unique, strong uh, uh, selling point ultimately is what they can do with their software. And if they can introduce and incorporate a lot more of that into the capturing process within the back, um, really the possibilities are quite endless. Yeah. Um, so at the moment what we have and what we see um, as a benefit of that is improved live view, uh, imp- improved preview um, color display. Um, at the moment, we have the ability to load in custom styles. So yep. creating a, um, a whole package of presets within Capture One, loading those onto the XQD card into the IQ4, we can you know, shoot with, a, um, with, with, you know, with a, a preview of that style. And that's just the start. I yep. think you know, really what, what phase one can now introduce into the camera system um, through the, the, the Capture One uh, software platform is going to open up a lot. Of I'm sure there's a. I'm sure there's a want list a mile long for yes, things that people I'm would sure like, and, yeah. and, and we it's an ever-changing priority list as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we were talking about some simple things that could be thrown in, which would be revolutionary in many ways, which yeah. is in-camera crop previews, yeah. uh, styles in live view mm-hmm. that could uh, come straight from Capture One. So if you've got your favourite settings, yeah. um, all sorts of things to do with exposure. We'll come back to that with the XT in a moment mm-hmm. because that's that's quite interesting, but. Looking at the back of the sensor itself on the on the, mm. the interface there, uh, a few of the tools that we played with yesterday, which are quite nice, was mm. the things like the automated bracketing tool. But mm-hmm. particularly interesting was this idea of frame averaging. Yeah. Uh, so can you give us a, give us a background on that? Yeah, sure. Um, so I think one thing to add in there as well is the um, what we 
have seen as a complete new introduction with the IQ4 is the uh, is focus peaking in live view as well. So that's really added another level of um, of seamlessness to the to the shooting process. Um, but yeah, with the frame averaging, which really is the significant uh, tool update that's come so far. Um, so as I said, there was a few uh, minor tweaks to the firmware that brought in some tools that people wanted from the IQ3 series, um, and then frame averaging, which was talked about when the when the back was uh, launched last year, and was this amazing concept, which definitely speaking for myself, it took me a bit of getting my head around. I didn't know how it would be implemented. You know, this idea of breaking down a single exposure uh, into a limitless total exposure time. I thought, okay, well, you know, am I given all those thousands of frames? Yes. Like, what do I have to do with them? Do, am I able to do it in Capture One? Um, and uh, and then when it was when it was introduced, suddenly it was right. So I can set my exposure, and then I can completely separate that from the total time that I want to to, to capture through. It for. Which this, this was the, this was a clever, interesting thing yeah. in terms of of you just look at a normal photographic setting and then mm -hmm. multiply the time as long as you like. Yeah. Uh, and on top of that, I think it must have come about because of the electronic shutter. Mm -hmm. Is there is no gaps. You can yeah. create an exposure out of uh, eight thousand frames. Yeah and have no, no interstitial spacing. Yeah. So if you're doing light trails, they are mm -hmm. perfectly linear all the yeah. way through. So the IQ4, with the electronic shutter was introduced, as again, as a firmware update with the IQ3 system, uh, IQ3 100 system. Um, and we saw a quicker readout time with the introduction of the IQ4. So yeah, as you say, that I think laid the, the ground for the introduction of uh, frame averaging and whatever else they're working on now. I think yeah. as a suggestion of where they can take the IQ4, I think frame averaging is a great place to start. Um, but yeah, the ability to uh, essentially collect data across you know, tens, hundreds, thousands of frames, uh, compile those into one equal size raw file that it would shoot otherwise. So it's the same raw file size as a single capture um, and average and collect all that data. Um, so yeah. it's, a, it's in a essence, what we're seeing is what everybody's talking about with phone photography is mm. computational photography, yeah. uh, and the potential is that. So if you want to see what might happen, mm -hmm. just Google computational photography yeah. and have a look around. Yeah. Um, and we've seen the results of things like the uh, the Google phone mm. being able to do astrophotography on the tiny sensors mm. with no noise because you can now accumulate frames together. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it's going to be quite interesting. I think. Yeah, and something which. Um, needs the the processing power of the IQ4. Yes. So I think as a, uh, you know, there was from the IQ3 100s and then we saw the the release of the IQ3 100 trichromatic and it kind of seemed right, well, what's next? And I can, well, certainly say for myself, it was a, it was a, it was a, a pleasant surprise to see a completely new platform. Mm. Um, even though it's the same shell, looks the same as the IQ, IQ 1s, 2s and 3s, it's, uh, yeah, really good. And one of the other aspects that many people on, various unnamed forums complain about regularly is mm. lens casts using sure. these technical cameras, you know, stick a wide-angle lens, yeah. especially an old symmetrical wide-angle lens mm -hmm. um, in front of one of these sensors and you end up with blue casts in the corners mm. that are virtually unfixable. Yeah. This, well, I won't say it's a thing of the past, but it's been... Certainly reduced. Yeah. yeah. So um, the, uh, yeah, so the flagship IQ4 uh, back, I think it's safe to say it's the 150 megapixel. Uh, there is also two other flavors in the uh, 100 megapixel trichromatic, um, which is, you know, that sensor has now been uh, taken from the IQ3 series to the IQ4. Uh, and then there's the 150 megapixel achromatic. 
um, which you know, has its own special uh, special place. Um, but yeah, so the, the 150 megapixel sensor is backside illuminated. So it's a new a new sensor design, and the key area that 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 targets is lens cast, um, yeah. also ISO sensitivity. Yeah. Uh, so we see a, you know a lot less uh, noise build up in, in in shadow detail in particular. We didn't, we didn't look at that yesterday, but what what are what would you say were usable ISOs? Sure. Um, yeah. So um, it's yeah question we get asked a lot. So yeah. um, with the IQ three one hundred megapixel, I would have said. My limit would probably be 1600 ISO. Having done a sweep with the IQ Formal 50 when it first came out, yep. I would be quite happy with 6400. Wow. Um, yeah. Even up to the cap, which is 25,800. Yeah. There is certainly a lot of grain, but it is grain and not noise. Okay, so, so not, you're not getting pattern noise in no, the same way. I mean, you know, uh, we were talking about gig photography yesterday with, yeah. with, with using um, you know, non standard tools for gig photography. Yeah. I've done that with 150 megapixel. Crank it all the way up to the ISO, and I was very happy with the result. Wow! But okay. obviously, it has its place. Yes. Yeah. 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 Functional tools. Yeah. But uh, definitely, uh, compare, looking back to you know, you mentioned the eighty megapixel back, where really you wouldn't be so comfortable beyond two hundred, maybe four hundred. Uh, it's a significant development. And I remember seeing stitch sensor variations in the eighty megapixel yeah. as well. You could actually see the different the quadrants. Stitch, the quadrants. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't see any evidence of that. I'm not sure no, if anybody's. No. So again, I mean, it's the. Uh, it's a well. It's a pretty groundbreaking sensor design, especially mm. for, for for medium format and full frame medium format. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the backside illuminated sensor I think is really kind of set the the platform on a good course. Mm. Uh, it's a very powerful sensor that I think has a lot of of, of, of yeah. growth. It's uh, it's on a par with the with the top of the range SLR sensors. Sure, yeah, essentially. Yeah. Um, dynamic range, another thing that gets mentioned, and. This is where we combine dynamic range with the frame averaging because mm-hmm. we we took a couple of shots yesterday down in Glen Nevis, mm-hmm. um, just near where the the small bridge goes over the waterfall towards the head of the Glen, and we had a bright sky in the background and we had pitch black shadows under trees behind rocks in the foreground and we did a I think probably about four thousand frames or something yeah. Yeah, some, yeah. somewhere around there, um, and there is no noise in the shadows and there's no blown highlights. No. And I realise now, in doing a podcast about this, uh, it really does need to be seen to be believed. Yes. Um, well, we'll have some associated pictures fantastic. to go alongside this. Um, but yeah, so essentially in collecting all that data, um, well, there's a reason why on the on the release of the IQ4 150, there was no mention of what the dynamic range was. And then after a little while, it was like, okay, so it's, it's 15 stops off the sensor in certain formats. In certain formats, it's 14 and a half. And then when frame averaging came out, it's 15 plus. Yeah. You know, so really, it's how much dynamic range do you need? And essentially, this is what the astrophotographers have been doing for, well, decades. Mm. Um, you set a camera going, you take multiple exposures over the space of multiple nights, mm. uh, in many cases, to build some of these pictures. Uh, and then you use computational photography again to average out all the frame noise and all you, you get more signal mm-hmm. and less noise. Yeah. Um, and it works. It really does work. Yeah. Um, and one thing we were talking about earlier on, this isn't just for long, long exposures. No. Um, because if you were going to do, a, say, a half-second exposure, mm. you can subdivide it into multiple 500th of a second exposures yep. or um, whatever, and then combine those together to reach less noise yeah, exactly, in the eventual yeah. result, which is... Hard yeah. to think about. But I mean, yeah. I think it's most clearly understood, well, or most clearly seen with like uh, with long exposure. But um, I think it's got got a place with uh, 
you know, still life photography, architectural photography, any area where you're really wanting maximum detail and, and as, as clean a file as possible, um, I would be now kind of looking to frame average yeah. everything. Yeah. Have you yeah. seen any negatives with the frame averaging with sensors heating up or anything like that? Or? Uh, battery, it does, it, does, it does use a lot more battery power. Right. Um, but having said that, with the interface overhaul of the IQ4, we've now got USB-C. Oh. So you can quite happily run a power bank and, uh, and that not be an issue. Yeah. Um, it does, I mean, there is, there is heat buildup. Um, as there always has been in, you know, facing back to design as a giant heat sink. Yes. Um, and yeah, there is certainly heat buildup, but I mean, after many conversations with the technical support department, they have no concern with, with this yeah. heat buildup. And know? this could be like you said, it's only using 5% of its processing power, yeah. so it shouldn't yeah. be that bad. And it's, you know, is it something that will, that will, um, be, be contained a little more in the future? I'm not sure, but yeah, I mean, there's, uh, it's certainly not seen as a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to what is, uh, one of the nice things I used yesterday, which is the XT yes. camera. Yes. Uh, and this is where I can go back and am I allowed to say uh, that we were using the Cambo camera when we did our tests? Well, yes. Yeah, and so, there is a connection, yeah. possibly, between yeah. the Cambo. So um, it, the XT is made in Holland, um, and uh, I think it's quite transparent. It is, it is engineered by Cambo. Um, I think it's definitely uh, it's taken a lot of inspiration and influence from the WRS 1600, um, particularly with the integrated vertical horizontal um, yep. change in, in position of the camera. Um, but yeah, so phase one have essentially um, used the, uh, the, uh, the engineering skills of Cambo. Which are substantial. Which are pretty substantial. Uh, and then with, in, in conjunction with the IQ4, created a complete digital integrated what would have been a technical camera solution, but Phase One are calling their field camera. Yeah. Uh, so it's a, a regeneration of the uh, of the field camera in the digital world. Yeah. Yeah. And and what we have on top of what people may have seen with technical cameras is a digital connection all the way through. Mm. Yeah. And the introduction of an electronic shutter so to uh, get over the lack of copal shutters. Exactly. About. Yeah. So um, there's the the X shut well the XT or the X shutter module uh, on the on the road and stock lenses that are part of the XT system which is um, essentially a fusion of the Rodenstock electronic shutter with the phase one aerial industrial shutter, which uh, can comfortably exceed 500,000, 600,000, 700,000 actuations. I believe they've tested one to about two and a half million. Um, So it's an extremely powerful uh, carbon fiber blade uh, electromagnetic shutter. Uh, So we now have the very powerful electronic shutter in in the digital back. And then a you know a mechanical shutter in the lens for you know use with flash where the electronic shutter is 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 a limitation. Um, so it's uh, yeah very much a, so, a kind of a regeneration of technology which unfortunately is, is yeah. So so we've got what we have now is an integrated solution, no sync cables, no no, sync cables, no. no adjusting the aperture on the camera. The only no. thing that's adjusted sorry on the lens, the only thing adjusted on the lens is focus. Focus, yeah. Uh, and you adjust uh, aperture and speed on the back. Yeah. So you're instant preview yeah we have the very nice blue shutter button yes. so we have a you know, a technical slash field slash view camera yeah. with a with a shutter button now perfectly nice. hand holdable and yeah and shooting um, it, is, it is very hand holdable yeah yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah i was surprised how light it is yeah. you know it's, it's if you're used to medium format film cameras yeah it's reasonable i've got to say when, when the when the promotional video was launched for the xt and there was uh ruben Wu hanging out of a car with uh, you know, with no tripod i was like come on get out of here but hey it's 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 viable yeah. it's perfectly viable yeah um and and 
oh, we've got a little video, but the but the shift mm. from vertical to, to port yes. uh, horizontal yeah. format is is wonderful. Really yeah, nice. So I was I was a big fan of that uh, that feature in the WRS, um, but I do find the XT one-handed is, is is even smoother. I was dubious about how much weight it was going to add and things yeah. like that, but it doesn't yeah. seem no. to, and it's and, very um, solid. And it can be removed as well. So if you oh, do okay. want to work purely handheld, you can um, you, you can remove that dovetail. Um, but yeah, it's very nice. You know, it's a nice simple design feature, which I think again, really the main mo uh, of of the whole platform is to expand the possibilities of your photography. Yeah. So to have such a simple uh, design feature as that is. Uh, now we on the back of the camera we've got twelve mil of shift yeah. and rise fall exactly um and what i thought was quite nice is it's recorded in the metadata it's recorded in the metadata well. so at this point um that allows you the ability to uh whether before or after the fact um uh, shoot your lens cast calibration and then at least be able to have that information in the metadata to to apply it uh, with confidence so a brief a brief back of what you used to have to do with, yes. a, with a technical camera was to take a photograph mm-hmm. Uh, take a lens well, cast. Open cal- the lens. Open focus, the lens. Yeah. Close the, yeah. Um, then you need to take. You need a black frame. Yep. Um, and then you need to put your semi-transparent piece yep. of plastic in front wait of the lens. Wait for the black frame from that as well. And wait for the black yeah. frame from that, uh, and then go back into whatever tool you're using yeah. and combine the two together, and then you get everything. Fixed. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I think it goes back to your previous uh, uh, point about the uh, the new backside illuminated sensor. So. In, in, in the first stage, it significantly reduces color cast um, on both the you know the very current HR road stock lenses, but even on older legacy lenses, yep. we see a significant reduction in color cast now. A lot of lenses that were previously unusable. Yeah, you um, were talking about the Schneider 35. Which exactly, was, which yeah, according couldn't. to uh, the image professor at phase one was unusable after the P45 is now very usable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it, you know on on the on the the file itself, we see a significant reduction, but we also have a lot more control over the black reference now with the IQ4, so we can actually uh, suppress it completely. There are pre-recorded black references in the in the digital back. Um, so if you want to capture a black reference, you can. If not, and you want to use the pre-recorded, uh, yeah. then, then you can. So essentially now where, uh, where previously you would have had to yeah, open, close the lens, cock, fire, do your, do your black reference, do your LCC, do your black reference. Now all you do is shoot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in, which, in, which unless you, do, you want to continue. Which, when you're doing one-hour exposures, long exposures at night it's, or whatever, it's precious time. Yeah, yeah. Very um, much so. But I think, as as you pointed out with some of the files from yesterday, I don't think it completely does away with the need for lens cast calibration. We but, didn't notice it at first, but yeah. when I started processing, um, I did see a, a shift on the on the digger on W32. Mm-hmm. However, it was fairly easy to correct with just a quick brush. Yeah. Tip color temperature yeah. change. Um, but I think um, even the step of not having to do a, then a second black reference is, yeah. is enough for it to be improved. And it gives the scope for possibly in the future having a library of lens cast calibrations, yeah. which can then... nice development. You can then look up the tilt, uh, sorry, the shift and yeah. rise fall. I think with that information, again, with, with the system being completely integrated uh, with, the, with the lens information to the body, to the, to the digital back, it would be a nice logical next step if that lens cast calibration could be brought in with the power of Capture One being inside yes. onto the file itself. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, cross fingers. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, I suppose the other aspect is what, what lenses are available because we have, uh-huh. this, we have this new electronic shutter mm-hmm. uh, integrated. And obviously, yeah. things have got to be compatible with that. Yeah. Uh, and you buy the camera with a lens yes. to begin with. Yeah, so the XT has been released with three lenses. So the choice of 
the 23mm rodent stock, the 32mm rodent stock and the 70mm rodent stock. Uh, they are the uh, initial release lenses. Uh, the well, the um, criticism so far, I think, has been the lack of tilt. Yes. Uh, however, what is the case in using the electronic shutter is that you can um, you can use any Cambo WRS mount lens. So if you've got any existing lenses and, the, and you've got the tilt swing functionality, then those can be coupled with the XT. Yeah. But at this point, you don't have any of the benefits of the of, of the XT the integration uh, X shutter right. and yeah. the integration and what have you. Essentially, you're using any other technical camera. Yeah. Um, so you think that might be a possible chain film in it? Yeah, I mean, um, Phase One haven't said really what their what their roadmap is for for bringing in tilt, but it is certainly something which they must you know, be thinking about. If really. you're going to go for a system like this, yeah, likelihood is you, you're going to need tilt as well. Yeah. So um, yeah, we'll 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 see. And um, it should be said that I, I think the Cambo tilt solution is a, was the best out it's there. It's very good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think what's also maybe suggestive of where it will go is the fact that the Phase one have said the X shutter module will be something that is available uh, as a standalone part. Not this year, maybe maybe next year. Um, yeah. So that will maybe open up the possibility for yeah. mounting with other lenses. But yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. And possibly give a forward solution for all these large format photographers out there yes. panicking about the lack of exactly shutters. little yeah. battery pack and yeah. a electronic shutter. I mean, shutter. you know, one thing that could be incorporated into the IQ4 is the ability to focus stack. But obviously, that's only um, only a, a solution in certain applications. So um, I think certainly there needs to be a tilt tilt solution at some point. Yeah. Yeah. So these these this camera module together mm. was really introduced this year. Yeah. Uh, who do you see as the market for it? Who do I see as the market for it? Um, I suppose. I mean, the really when you when you break it down, essentially what you have with the XT is the highest quality lenses on the market, the highest quality sensor on the on the market. And then uh, a very open platform uh, camera in the middle. Yeah. So, I suppose short answer: anyone who is really looking for the highest quality. Yeah. Um, I think Phase One certainly haven't or don't see it as a camera which is going to replace other systems. It is, you know, one which kind of. Uh, it, well, one thing that needs to be pointed out: it is completely manual focus. Yeah. It has no viewfinder other than the the digital display on yeah. the on the screen. So. Um, it's which, certainly a, which is a tethered camera. It makes it makes a lot of sense. A yeah. studio, a studio camera for mm-hmm. stills, etc. Yeah, and uh, and you know the, the the live view preview is is good in most situations in high high sunlight. You know, I think you need to have a some sort of shade, which um, we, which we are looking into. Um, but uh, yeah, I think you know. So obviously, there's the people who really want the you know the ultimate image quality, which really is Phase One's main mo. Um, I think for people who uh, have maybe been deliberating between the Cambo route or the Alpa route, um, you know, this now opens up a, an interesting option yeah. in the middle. Um, well, we haven't seen integrated technical cameras at all. So yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it is a first. I suppose it has to make its market in many ways as well. Exactly, yes. And, um, and, you know, people, I mean, it has been primarily uh, kind of plugged as a landscape camera. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think it has many other applications as well. I wouldn't have gone so strong on it, you know, being a landscape camera. But I mean, having, uh, having well, mostly shooting landscapes myself. Yeah. Phase one have designed pretty much the ideal camera for me. Yes. Um, yeah. Which is obviously a very nice thing. Um, and yeah, it's it is very lightweight in comparison to the XF, which or or the, or the Cambo systems or the Alpha systems, which you previously have to take around. Yeah. Um, and and it feels like a complete camera rather than say. I mean, I'm a very big fan of the Cambo Actus, but you know, I have to take it around and you know, it, it broken yeah. down in its components. You're constructing you something before you take time. a photograph. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the XT, 
even though it's a very expensive uh, system, it feels like something I can just you know really put in a bag yeah. and, and just take out well, and go. Well, we were running around yesterday yeah. uh, across Rannoch Moor and mm. through Glen Nevis. Uh, I'm, I'm, one thing to say is people will say 150 megapixels, or you've got to have studio-like conditions in order to get sharp photographs. Mm. Well, we were out in 50 mile an hour gusting winds mm-hmm. uh, near Loch Tully yesterday. Yeah taking pictures and well, I think we lost sturdy get so tripods yeah, yeah big big heavy tripod work but, but most of the shots were shot I think yeah. we lost one or two yeah. with a bit of movement which I think is they were on my slightly more feeble tripods so, uh, uh, could well yeah. have been could yeah. well have been yeah um but, but they were there they were sharp they, yeah. they were good and and looking at the color from what I've seen comparing it with some of the reference sensors mm-hmm. I've seen it's a sony sensor they they've got a handle on color and, yeah. it, and it shows yeah and I think one thing um Maybe a slight misconception that I hear a lot is, uh, oh, it's you know everyone's using the same Sony sensor. Like to a certain extent, that is true, but Phase One are very much uh, working with Sony. Mm. You know, it's very much you know Sony obviously have a, an extremely good um, good foundation for the development of, of these sensors, but you know Phase One have their accumulated color knowledge through uh, through the the the, um, the multiple camera support in Capture One. They've learned. A, well, they are the masters of colour and quality. Yeah. Well, this um, this is yeah. shown by when they introduced the trichromatic, which yeah. uh, nobody else is using a sensor with a very, very mm. dense colour filters to mm-hmm. give accu- that accurate colour. Yeah, and I'm still having to explain what the trichromatic uh, difference is to people yeah. day by day. Um, but essentially, I mean, uh, I mean, the, the trichromatic was a very, I think, quite a bold release in a way where it's, you know, however much R&D cost went into what some people see as a very insignificant improvement on the IQ3100, which was a very good sensor, um, but what Phase One saw as falling short of the highest quality. Yeah. Um, so. And this yeah. is possibly because of their reproduction business, because yeah. they, they Phase have a a big business selling, well, one industrial mm-hmm. application, but also artwork reproduction, yeah. museum reproduction, etc. Yeah. Uh, fashion, where colour is incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the the trichromatic was really designed with one achievement in mind which is the most precise color uh, reproduction um, and again I think it had a lot to do with you know all the sensors that that uh, that they see through capture one uh, and all the limitations of different camera sensors all the compromises that are made um, you know through uh, well the multitude of features which we now see in cameras which yeah. ultimately get in the way of, 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 of ultimate image quality yeah um, well essentially it's a trade-off between High ISO mm-hmm. and good color. Yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's typically the trade-off. Yeah. So, so the, the with the trichromatic, we saw a lower base ISO and and yeah, very very much pinpoint color accuracy. And, and I've looked at some of the files yesterday because we were out with a trichromatic on an XF. Yeah, taking a few photographs for the, the eighty mil lens. Yep. Yesterday. Yeah. Um, and the, I've got to say the one hundred and fifty color is very very good. Mm-hmm. I saw, still still saw some tiny advantages in the. Uh, yeah. And the trichromatic. I think having done uh, comparisons when uh, when the when the 150 megapixel was released, the trichromatic I think still you know if your main mo is accurate color, yeah, I think really it's it still does um, does hold that flag. But all the benefits with the 150 megapixel in being backlit, um, I think it's uh, well ultimately one way you need to see side by side, test out in the field, see what's yeah. ultimately going to work best. If I hadn't taken a side-by-side picture, I'd yeah. be incredibly happy with yeah. what I'd seen. And, um, and, and it was always trying to manipulate these files to see differences, yeah. specifically I mean, to see differences. Yeah. I mean, when compared with the non-trichromatic IQ3100, there was a big difference okay. I think, in, in how, it, how it really handled uh, the color performance, uh, particularly in blue skies and green grass and brown uh, browns and things like that. 
um, there's much less of a, a gap between yeah. the, the IQ4 100 trichromatic and the IQ4 150. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, that's a, that's a good introduction cool. to the phase system. Hopefully, yeah. we'll see some changes yeah. in, uh, in the firmware. I'll be interested to track where that goes I over am, time. I am, I am also uh, eagerly watching. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll obviously cover that. Um, and associated with this podcast will be some photographs we took of how it worked. And we'll link some of it to the uh, literature as well. That yeah, sure. You can send us some. Um, we, we, we have a, a host of uh, information on the, on the Teamwork website. And um, yeah, they're always, always there to answer any questions. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Al. Absolute pleasure. Thank you.